Barweep Rana, Weep Ninny Bong, and welcome to Am Why Not, the movie podcast that nerds who haunt themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine and I love movies, which is lucky because each episode I'm joined by a guest to talk about a movie they love and see where the conversation takes us from there. Whether you're a regular listener or just dropping by for this episode, welcome to the show and thank you for giving us a listen. I hope you enjoyed the film talk and, as always, and if you feel like doing so, you can keep the conversation going in the comments on our socials, in the Am Why Not Facebook group, or wherever you see this episode posted. As this is the first episode of 2024, I'm going to do my annual-ish shout-out at the top of the episode to say that if you enjoy the show and would like to support it, you can do so by liking or subscribing wherever you get your podcasts, and if you're feeling super generous, be grateful of a rating or review if you have a second or two to spare. This podcast is 100% free to listen to and always will be. I don't have a Patreon, I don't have ads in the pod, and I'll never ask you for money. So any support you can offer in spreading the word is huge, and I'm immensely grateful for it. Thank you. Anyway, to kick off this year, I'm joined by Andy Clift as we talk about the film that is beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination, and take a look at the 1986 big screen debut of the Robots in Disguise in Transformers, the movie. And now with an advance warning on spoilers and all that introduction stuff out of the way, let's roll out the trailer. The most incredible rock and roll adventure ever is here. Feed him to the shark guns. Starring Judd Nelson as Hot Rod. Leonard Nimoy as Galvatron. And Orson Welles. I am the Beyond good, beyond evil, beyond your wildest imagination. Transformers, the movie. to a theatre near you this August. Hello, Andy. How are you? I, I'm fine, thanks, mate. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. As this is the first one back, this will be our, I think, the only Happy New Year to a guest. Woo! <laughs> Happy <laughs> New Year. Did you have a good New Year and Christmas? Uh, yeah, I did. I mean, it was exhausting. Um, Travelled around the country and saw family and stuff, and obviously had my little girl, but uh, it was really, really good. Really, really good. How about you? Uh, yeah, it was nice. Um, Christmas Eve fell on a Sunday this year, so I didn't have to work christmas eve so i i got a nice three-day break and then i was back for four days and then i had two weeks off after that so it was quite nice having yeah yeah new yeah. year's eve onwards off that's um, cool not that i did anything for new year's eve <laughs> no no i uh i actually watched ghostbusters 2 because my wife was in she doesn't do new year so she was in bed so i watched ghostbusters 2 and timed it so that in the moment when the Ghostbusters, uh, you know, fall come down from the from the from the Statue of Liberty and burst through. And Venkman shouts, "Happy New Year!" Dead on midnight. Nice. We and watched because we did an episode on Gremlins for Christmas mm. this year. I then New Year's Eve 
me and my eldest watched Gremlins 2, which I always remember Gremlins 2 being a New Year's Eve movie, and it's not at all. Yeah. But there's just something about it feels New Year's Eve. I think it's all the Gremlins singing New York, New York at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we watched that, and then I don't know what I did after that. Probably watched a bit of telly. I'm doing a Wessering <laughs> rewatch, so I'll probably watch some of those, and then I'm probably asleep by 11. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's very rare I see. I can stay up past midnight any other day of the year, but New Year's Eve's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But I I'm must have been asleep because I didn't get woken up by any fireworks, though. Oh, we did. We had a massive firework display really close and we didn't know about it. So, like, my wife went to bed, but she got woken up anyway at midnight because it was so loud. Yeah, my wife did and my youngest did, but he was like, I was so comfy by the time I moved and looked out of my window, I couldn't see him anymore. I was like, <laughs> I can respect that. It's Fair like, enough. Fireworks, but at the same time, comfy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I slept, I'm pretty sure I could sleep through a plane landing on the roof. But <laughs> Speaking of planes landing on the roof, I does. An awful segue, but I'm sure it happened somewhere. Starscream probably at somebody's roof. Uh, no, yeah, we are talking about Transformers the movie, the 1986 Transformers the movie, not Michael Bay's 2007 Transformers. So, little bit of info directed by Nelson Shin, written by Ron Friedman with the story consultant Flint D- uh, Dill. Um, there were some assistance consultants as well, but they're not on the poster. So, based on the Transformers toy line created by Henry Orenstein. I hope I said that right. Starring Eric Idle, Judd Nelson, Leonard Nimoy, don't know what he's been in, Robert Stack, <laughs> Lionel Stander, and Orson Welles, and even though they're not on the poster, with Peter Cullen, Frank Welker, Susan Blue, Greg Berger, Corey Burton, Scatman Crothers, Casey Kasem, speaking of Ghostbusters, yep. and, and Dan Gilverson, released in cinemas on the 8th of August 1986 in the US and the 5th of December 1986 in the UK. Grossed five million eight hundred sixty thousand six hundred and one dollars worldwide on an estimated budget of six million, according to IMDb. I couldn't find a Roger Ebert review or a Barry Norman review, but in a contemporary review in his movie video guide, American critic Leonard Moulton, before he was eaten by Gremlins, I'm assuming, gave the picture the lowest possible rating and wrote little more than a noxious feature-length toy commercial. That deafening rock score certainly doesn't help. I mean, he's not wrong. It is that, but that's all the things I love about it. But we'll get into that in a minute. It's like, I remember coming out of the cinema and my dad going, it was just noise. I was like, it was amazing. <laughs> but before we get into that, what are your memories of first seeing it? Was it a cinema job for you? or No, no, it wasn't. It was a video. We we got bought it by um, a friend of our mum's. Uh, I, I clearly remember it because I even remember them, them thinking, that's odd. Um, but we, she, she bought us this video, um, and, uh, with like, cause we were huge Transformers fans in my house, like everybody, you know, we were, we were that right age for they, Transformers. They were the toy your dad liked to sit there trying to transform for you, weren't they? Yeah. Something your dad yeah. could fiddle with and look like he was busy. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, I loved them, but my brother loved Transformers. Like I was more Ghostbusters, but he, he was more Transformers, but we both, we both loved them. And, you know, we were always watching the cartoon. Um, like we got um Arrival from Cybertron on video. So like the first few episodes of Transformers on on video. And we used to watch that constantly on repeat, probably much to, you know, the despair of my parents. Um so you know, we were huge Transformers fans. So we got the video of it and we were really excited for this. And uh, we put it on and we watched it. And like for pretty much every child that watched that movie for the first time, it was a a weird blend of awesomeness and massive trauma. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was absolutely one of the most traumatic experiences of my young life at that point, um, which, you know, shows how much of a privileged position I was in. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but it was just, uh, it was brilliant. And the, uh, the st- I really liked the story. Um, I think I was too young to really get the 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 toy uh aspect behind it that it was uh what they were clearly doing um but yeah i just i just clearly remember sitting down with my my brother watching it for the first time and yeah really enjoying it but crying my little eyes out <laughs> see we went to see it in the cinema in norwich my dad was dating the lady who became my stepmom um so we'd gone up to Norwich. She was at work, so he just took us to the cinema to watch that, and he enjoyed it because Eric Idle was in it. Um, mm. But otherwise, it was all noise. But he did then start for years <laughs> after he'd say "Bar Week Run, Our Week Mini Mom" to us Mate. and throw things around like that. But um, yeah. as a kid, I loved it. The only thing that stuck with me was Optimus Prime dying. It's like Ironhide died, all that died, but it sort of washed over me. I think because I was seven. Possibly, yeah, seven. Mm-hmm. It sort of the film was such an adrenaline shot of noise and excitement. Yeah, well, that those deaths happen so quickly at the beginning, yeah. like so quickly. Well, yeah, it's a whirlwind as a kid because it like it happens and you're like, oh, okay, uh, what? And what? I, I will say the one that stuck with me was was uh, was Prowl. Yeah, um, because you know when his eyes go like. Um, firing that like that the smoke comes oh, out still to this out. day on a cold day i will open my mouth and blow out my breath mm. and pretend oh. i'm proud make my eyes roll into my head it was just because that was just because obviously it being a bigger budget movie the animation was next level yeah and as a kid you know that young age i think i was well i must have been about five when i watched it um around about then so but you know, on an unconscious level, you're sort of more aware that the animation is better, the design is better than the the regular cartoon. You know, it's just next level because of the budget and the you know everything. So because of that, the deaths are so much more real <laughs> because they're better animated than what they would have been in the cartoon, yeah, like, like in a TV cartoon. So that kind of adds to the trauma. Because not only do these beloved characters die so early and so quickly and so brutally, the animation is so much better. It makes it kind of more traumatic. <laughs> That's it. Like Ironhide doing the no and getting blasted by Megatron. Like, like so I think nonsense. I think partly as a kid, because I was used to it being like, you know, are they just always get repaired? Yeah. So it'll be fine. And the voice at the end tells me that Optimus Prime will return because by yeah. the time we got it, they'd added that on. Yeah, of course. Um, but it was when we were in Asda and we saw it had been released on video, both me and my brother grabbed it in excitement and my dad and went, it's the one where Optimus Prime dies. It wasn't transferred with the movie. It was the one where Optimus yeah. Prime died. Oh. So that was the one that stuck, probably because he turned black as well. Oh, I mean, dude, we're going to be talking about that death scene probably quite extensively. But at least but... Ironhide and Prowl and... Although and Ratchet and that got yeah. an on-screen death. Poor Wheeljack and um, oh, Windcharger just get dragged in. Oh, mate. So, like, so uh, going back to that first death, one of the things that struck me the most since I've gone back and watched it throughout the years of being old, you know, being older, is that 
again, this probably adds again to the trauma when you were a child was these characters shot at each other a lot in the cartoon, right? There was a lot of firefights and they always went the way of the A-team, which was, hey, things go blow up, but then everyone survives and everyone's fine. Wheeljack always fixed them, didn't he? Yeah. But then like in the movie, the tr- like the Decepticons are so methodical. Yeah. Like they just bowl on in and they're just like, they're like commandos and just take them out. And you're just like, whoa, what, what? Like you could do this the whole time. <laughs> and well, it's- it's- Braun goes down because he sort of like gets shot in the shoulder, doesn't he? And he sort of just yeah. goes down nice and easy. Oh. And I was kind of like, ah, Braun will be fine then. And then Prowled like to say the eyes and then yeah. the smoke coming out of his mouth. And I was like, Ugh. Yeah, and then and then they sort of fly around and they're just shooting. And I can't remember who who gets shot, but I think it might have been Ironhide. And that causes Ratchet to sort of lose concentration. Yeah, he, he sort of looks back, doesn't he? Takes two in the chest and you're just like, oh, my God. And you see, like, the broken glass of his chest and you're just, mate, even now, just talking about it, it's just like, I can feel that. Because if it was the toy, that would have been in his face because they didn't have heads, those two, no, did they? Their no. windscreen was their head. It was weird. And then, yeah, and then, they, like you say, there's that bit where they're, they're on, they're on the sh- they're on the ship, and then they're like, we're going to attack Autobot City. We're going to, you know, use this ship as like a Trojan horse. And you know that bit that you said about where Ironhide's just like no, and Megatron like blows him away with like this with his arm cannon, and you're just like, what is happening? Nothing is safe. <laughs> I think as a seven year old in the cinema, being in the cinema as well, I think it was the second film I saw at the cinema. I'd yeah, seen yeah. Black Cauldron a couple of years before there was just so much to take in as a kid that I think that stuff sort of got washed over quite quickly. It did. Yeah. And it, I probably it, would have forgotten that Optimus Prime had died if there hadn't been the voiceover at the end to remind me, because I had such a good time after that. That, that whole sequence though, from like when, you know, when the, the Optimus Prime arrives and, you know, they it all starts to kick off and the, and, and you get the absolute iconic, shot of his face and he's just like Megatron must be stopped no matter the cost and you're just like oh I do like that hound and sunstreak just behind him just kind of like yeah you you got this you got I mean to be fair he did have it but he did because he had it he had the touch mate he had the touch and it's just that whole business resource like just like transforms runs them all over jumps up has that wonderful sequence where he sort of backs flips over them oh, that piece of like, animation is amazing laser cannon he's just like like shoots them all perfectly and it's just like oh because you kind of needed that because of the destruction that the decepticons had done you needed the 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 good guy to to come off as like equally if not more powerful um to make everyone feel a bit better and yeah. this is just going to be a straight up massacre um you kind of get made to feel like the autobots have a chance here because yeah. <laughs> they were made to look like chumps in that first scene. yeah it's kind of like, we were all these new guys they're messing it right up oh mate yeah that was i mean that was something when i first watched it, it was weird because when i first watched it and you get introduced to these you know hot rod and and daniel and 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 these guys and I'm just I'm like I don't know who these guys are. Why do I care? And by the end of it, I'm just like I want me some Rodimus Prime, uh, and I do. I still have my Rodimus Prime and cup upstairs from when I was a kid. See, I've got my friend gave me a replacement cup because I lost mine as a kid. Because cup, weirdly, 
bit like McCoy in Star Trek, Cup is my favourite Transformer. Absolutely. I love I me a grouchy old man. I was I remember being given Cup uh, as a present when I was in hospital. I was having like an operation. So yeah, I was about five because that was when I had my last op as a child. And uh, I was given Cup in hospital by my aunt. And I was just like, yes, he is the coolest. I love Cup. This grumpy old man who's just like right about everything and talks about being in the war, even though we've never seen him before. <laughs> you know, everyone knows Cup. He's like been around forever, except he hasn't. <laughs> really, I, I remember buying my Cup. I bought the Target Master one from Boots yeah. with my Christmas money. And I was so excited when I saw him. It was like the greatest day. I still remember it. Yeah, it's great. Seeing one of my friends outside boots, and by the time I'd reached in the bag to show him, his mum had dragged him away, and my dad was sort of marching off as well. But I just love that guy. I love his whole, you know, introduction where he's doing that. That whole like hot rod the shuttles coming to oh god, trying yeah, smashing Megatron off the thing is just pure adrenaline. But that tiny little bit from that to Cup saving him, saving Hot Rod from the uh, tank fire. It's just amazing. That whole, you know, not bad for an old timer. Come on down, autocrat. Not bad for an old-timer. Old-timer? That's something you'll never be if you don't get back to the city. Save it, Cup! Let's burn rubber! I, I, I listen to the, 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 the soundtrack still um, fairly often. And I can't listen to that piece of music without getting that bit when it's just like, it, it, when, when it times to the bit where Daniels says, Hot Rod, look, there's a hole in the shutter. What? what? Decepticons. <laughs> I, just, I know how I, much damage you can do with those little arm cannons as well. I know. He takes that ship out. He does, man. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's a build up, it's, a, it's an emotional. Um, very similar to what I was saying to you before about um, Wrath of Khan. It's a sequence that has this emotional build-up that's just building and building and building and building and building. And it's like this, like you say, with the adrenaline and everything. And the obviously it kind of um, comes together with, with the, 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 the final battle between Optimus Prime and Megatron, which is still, to this day, I think one of the best battles between, yeah. you know, good versus evil in any movie, because they they actually go at it rather than like in the cartoons. They never really did. They never really had that fist fight. It would always be because they weren't allowed. There were certain things yeah, you can't. Megatron just run away, wouldn't they? Yeah, because you weren't allowed to show punching or things like that, or prop, you know, violence and stuff, senses and whatever. So in the film, they were allowed to actually have this fist fight, this, this, this throwdown. And it's just, and you know what? I still, to this day, will watch that movie and think he's going to beat him. He's going to win. He's going to win. Cause he's like, you know, he smashes him about, he finally gets him on the floor, picks up the gun, 
holds it to his face and he's just like, have mercy, Prime, I beg of you. And I'm just Bloody like, hot rod. If he'd <sighs> just listened to Cup and stayed out of it because it was Prime's fight, he gets the gun and he's just like, no, you don't, Megatron. Out of the way, Hot Rod. And I'm just like, no, don't do it. I can't. Every time, man, I'm I'm 40 now and I watch that film now and I'm just like a kid again. Yeah. Every time, I'm just like, don't Part do of me's it. like, just shoot him anyway. Yeah, I know. Just, if you just shoot him, Hot Rod. Just shoot him now. Just shoot him now. You'll be fine. But yeah. And then you get that moment when he's like standing over Prime and he's just like, I could have waited an eternity for this. It's over, Prime. And you're just waiting for it. And he just does the whole, never. And we're all it's, just like, it's the shake. Yeah, I know. I love, it, like, Megatron being like, no, I'll crush you with my bare hands. And then when he realises he can't beat him with his bare hands, his Billy Big Bollocks act goes away and he just starts firing at him. But that's that's whole, that's classic villain yeah. behaviour, like, right there. And you don't get more classic than Megatron. Um, and Frank Wagner, like, pulling in, you know, an absolute incredible performance is this evil guy but yeah that that bit there's just something synonymous with um you know the whole idea of you can't beat good you know with you he won't give up yeah but he's just like shaking and he's like proper you know uh devastated he's got you know these huge injuries and he's just like i'm gonna you know i'm still gonna i'm not gonna let you do it and he just you know swings with the two fists and just smashes him down and just like yeah even though you know he's about to die <laughs> it's i mean this film opens in a horrible kind of traumatic way anyway because you get a planet of robots in which you see oh, don't even talk children, about children, even talk children about robots running around having a good time and then you get to see that. unicron like eat the planet and then you get to see his digestive system mushing it up that shot of Unicron coming out from behind the planet that opens it, it's gorgeous. And then the shot of his thing, the ring around yeah, him lighting yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, that, oh, that sequence actually, That sequence, actually, the, the, the planet, um, the beginning, uh, massively influenced the opening sequence from issue one of Captain Cosmic that I did. Yeah. Uh, because that whole issue is about planets disappearing and just, you know, from this unseen force. And I just I I try to kind of do the same thing of having this planet of like really happy looking, peaceful looking aliens in this really bright cityscape, and then the, the terror that happens at, over the top. That was a huge influence on, on me for that first issue because it is good. They set it up really nicely that these were. Re- I did find it weird that they were robots. I'm like, yeah. are there no other organic life? out there is everybody robots like i think yeah i think it is until sort of like season four when they do headmasters and that yeah but there are other organic aliens out there but the but the like you're right the it always sticks with me the the absolutely breathtaking animation of the digestive sequence (laughs) because it is amazing yeah like the thought process of how that mechanics work like, and then there'll be these giant pistons and then there'll be like liquid and these weird colours and then there's this, this and it's all chomp, chomp, chomp. It's terrifying. It's Yeah, it's just, oh, it's just like they, it looks gorgeous and then, you know, we get to the year 2005 which seems oh, far mate, away. Far off future, the far off future year 2005. <laughs> As that rolled around, I was like, oh. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> And you've got that kick-ass Transformers opening song as well. 
the soundtrack to this film is amazing. The score is great. And mm-hmm. the I bought the soundtrack a couple of times. I got the most recent version with some of the yeah, score yeah. on it. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Um, it's phenomenal. I did have the, the pre. I remember when I found out you could get the score, the uh, soundtrack on CD. My wife drawed it me from Amazon, which I then sold that one to a friend or gave that one to a friend because he never had it, and I had that one by that point. And even though the collector in me was like, "No, I want them both," the other part of me was like, "No, he's a mate." <laughs> no, it's a phenomenal soundtrack. It's a phenomenal soundtrack. The uh, the touch, the song, the touch was my yeah. uh, my um, alarm for ages. <laughs> I used to wake up every morning that you got the touch. <laughs> I've always said consistently, that's the song I want in my funeral. As I'm yeah. going in. <laughs> it's just absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, the soundtrack's fantastic. Even the um the Vince Dakota sort of Dakota, uh, sorry if I'm murdering his name there. Um, you know, the kind of bass synth sort of like it was all really like cool 80s synth yeah. stuff. It's just brilliant. Love it's, it. It's perfection. It's got such a kick ass score and soundtrack, but yeah. Um, and I do want to know where Laserbeak got half those angles. <laughs> he's like behind him, in front of him. Yeah, I know. I know. Laserbeak was uh, he's a sneaky. You should guy. have noticed. <laughs> I loved. Do you know what though? I loved that. That's an because all cards on the table. We all know now that Hasbro were just like we are killing off all these Transformers to yeah, replace. To them, them, it was just replacing yeah. a toy line. And it was that, it was that when you, like, I've read up on it recently and they were all just like, you know, the writers and directors are like, we shouldn't be doing this. This is madness. And they're like, nah, we're going to kill them all off and replace them with new Transformers. And it's all, you know, that's what they did. But a lot of the characters they, they, they did was, was, were really cool. A lot of them, like, I don't, and I'm probably going to get corrected at some point and you might correct me and that's fine. I don't remember Blaster being in generation one wasn't he wasn't no his i don't i think yeah so they gave the autobots like their own version of of uh you know sound wave yeah. i do love the blasters got off-brand robots that come out as his cassette pots i love that because why not you know, it works so well for Soundwave, and I, I love that they knew not to go there with Soundwave. he yeah. was one of the ones that was like obviously certain ones they weren't in a touch and Soundwave was one of them and I'm like yeah good call because Soundwave's rad <laughs> I remember guess... the death of Starscream was pretty traumatic as well because he was always the sniveling little guy that you kind of wanted to see get it but then when he does get it I think the fact that he just crumbled oh man it was almost like they said um, if you're going to kill them if we have to kill these guys we're going to do it in the most brutal way possible we're just going to give them all brutal deaths yeah. Um because like you say, you always wanted Starscream to get a slab. That was kind of his deal. But like he, even his death was just like, whoa. <laughs> I remember having an annual with a Transformers annual. I can't remember what year it was. One of the comics in it, Starscream picks up Megatron's cannon, puts it on his arm, and then shoves it in Grimlock's mouth and blows Grimlock away. Because you know, really? the kids' comics were really, really, really messed up. Oh yeah, mate! Like the um, the generation com comic, generation one comic, mainly written by Simon Furman, is breathtaking yeah. in what he was he was putting together. Uh, my, again, my brother, like that was the first comic my brother ever read, and I used to always read his copies afterwards. Um, the Transformer comics, um, Marvel UK. Yeah, and they they had their own lore. It was a continu- It was a different continuity because they had the whole business of um, Cybertron could transform into a planet like 
um, like Unicron, yeah. and he was actually the transform the Autobot God, Autobot God of Primus, and that was his deal. And in the comics, he actually did transform and have a throwdown with with um, uh, Unicron. Apparently, it was proposed for this movie movie but they were just like yeah that's a bit too much <laughs> we've already got one giant planet transformer let's not do enough <laughs> we're already um, kind of ripping off the death star <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um we're all, well death star what if the, what if galactus was a death star um which in a way is really terrifying um but but yeah, so the comics had their own sort of take on it, which was which were brilliant. You can they're they're, they're easy to get hold of, um, and in fact, IDW picked it back up again a few years ago and let Simon Furman carry on for a while, which was quite cool. Um, but yeah, that whole business with Starscream, and again, he was another one that kind of came back. Yeah, they did his ghost, didn't they? Ghost of Starscream, yeah. Um, but I just kind of. Doug, the fact that there were these, there were certain transformers that were clearly like these sell too well, uh, um, and we can't think of a better way to replace them. <laughs> so, like, I kind of get from a toy point of view getting rid of Ironhide and Ratchet because they were two I never wanted because they didn't look yeah. like robots when you transformed yeah. them. They looked like a shield that they'd hide behind and fire from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did quite like in beyond there is a reference to all the transformers that died during the war they've got a memorial room haven't they mm, mm, mm. i think ironhide is even called out by name yeah yeah I think that uh, might have been the first time they bring back optimus prime oh was that one a bit mad the virus yeah there was one wasn't there where they, they brought him back but he went a bit mad yeah and then um, they bring him back again like yeah because i remember getting that one on video because mm. My dad was really disappointed that my brother wanted to put his money to that instead of a Man United video. But my brother was like, no, this is the return of Optimus Prime, old yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you understand. Yeah. I'm watching it, and Optimus Prime is in the pilot seat of a shuttle. Yes. Yes, that's right. But dead. And I'm like, what the shit's going on? Some... Why did they put him in the pilot seat of a shuttle and fire it... him off into space? But there'd been something that happened before they brought him it back. something to do with the Quintessons. Yeah. It was something to do with them. They tried to bring him back as like a weapon to use against the Autobots or something. That's right, yeah. And then they get the Quintessons to bring him back again, yeah, but this yeah. time to uh, the Red Rage virus or whatever it was. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. Because in all honesty, even though I sort of, like toy-wise, probably got more into Transformers post the movie, um cartoon wise it just never really sat with me afterwards because obviously when they did season i think it was three um they they had the characters but they obviously didn't have the voice actors so rodimus prime was no longer judd nelson and obviously galvatron was not leonard Nimoy. it was back to being frank welker which works so well i love that frank welker played him like he'd gone nuts yeah but it, it, but for me as a kid, it didn't really sit right. Yeah. I didn't really, I watched. We, I remember we got a bunch. We got one on video, or we got a video, a couple of videos. And there was that. There was one where they go to the Nightmare Planet, and there's like Spring Springer and and the uh, the Predacons or something, and there's like these holograms or whatever. And I just remember feeling like that. Ah, this is a weird. This is uh, this is this isn't. It didn't feel like Transformers as much to me yeah. as a kid. So I sort of went a bit off it. Um, but 
the movie itself was something that I could just rewatch over and over and over again, even though it traumatized me. I watched it so much. There was a point when I was about 16 where I was watching it pretty much on a weekly, if not bi daily basis. Yeah. Kind of thing. Because I bought it on video, I bought DVD, I bought yeah. Blu ray, I bought yeah. the 4K. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely one of the ones that I've owned on pretty much every format. Um, I've still got the video. Yeah, I was going to dig it out for this, but it's buried yeah, behind a load yeah, of stuff. Yeah. My my brother kept the video. I just, think. just so I could flash it in front of you. It's like, what's the point? It's yeah. not going to be right for. I still got that. Yeah. I still got the Return of Optimus Prime video, which um, is that's the one I remember the most posted because mm-hmm. that's the one we had on video. Because I think yeah. I might be wrong, but it went from terrestrial TV to Sky. Yeah, yep. The third series. Yeah. So I, I didn't have only my childminder had Sky, so I didn't get to mm-hmm. see it. Mm. Regularly, like I did on a BBC on the afternoons. Was it BBC or ITV? It was BBC. I'll be honest, I can't remember now. I want to say it was BBC, but I mm. might be wrong. I hold my hand up to being corrected on that. But, but the um, uh... and it used to be the treat to just rent the ones from the video shop. Yeah, my dad would be like, "Here's a Transformers video. Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's how we watched a lot of them. I think we might have rented videos or, or whatever it was. I know, I say, I know we had the first three episodes on video. Um, the video gems film. release yeah but uh but like i say the film for me i mean you know getting introduced to, to all these new characters you know uh, springer rc um cup obviously and uh Rekgar. oh my goodness you know with um you know bar week grana with minimum you know and eric idol and because uh, my brother had him we had him um I mean, most of his were Generation 1. I mean, he had quite a few. I mean, we had, like, he had, like, Jetfire, still got it, uh, Metroplex. Um, well, a lot of them. Um, but then, of course, you know, you got these new ones. And I, I kind of liked RC. I thought she was good. I mean, you know, as a kid, I was very much like a girl Transformer. This is new. Um <laughs> And weirdly sexy. I'm not gonna... Well, it was just very much like, okay, so why? It just made me think. So hold on a minute. Why has there been? It just made me realize there hadn't been any girl Transformers before. Yeah, she, she's very much the Smurfette of the Transformers. Yeah, and I was being like, oh, I mean, there's loads what? now, but yeah, and cool. Um, I think I read. I, I liked RC. If I remember rightly, RC was never released as a toy. It doesn't surprise wrong. me. Well, I read somewhere once that that Hasbro didn't. Like that was one of their things. You can't have a girl transformer because it's boys cartoon for boys. And apparently during this movie, I don't know, I can't remember if it was the director or the writer, but they pushed for a girl transformer because their daughter really liked the show. And I know that they all worked on the show anyway, but they, they really loved transformers and they were like, but they're no girl transformers. So they really pushed for it. They were like, okay, if you're going to have new ones, this is a market for you that you are missing out on. Um, which is the only way to talk to corporations when you yeah. want change. Um, so they were like, "Yeah, man, let's let's, let's do a transform. Let's do a girl transformer." And I, you know, I thought it was cool. Um, making her pink was probably a little on the nose. Making uh, her pink and making her late for the shuttle when they're trying to escape. <laughs> but I mean, I, I thought, you know, I thought she was cool. You know, triple changer, right? You know, she was. Um, she could change into a car, and I want to say a bike. I could be wrong. Um, I know Springer was a triple changer because he yeah, turned Springer into a was a triple changer. I don't remember RC being a triple changer. Yeah. But I might be wrong. I remember, yeah. again, post the movie, that weird relationship between her and Daniel. I think was meant to be 
maternal maybe but yeah i think it was it played yeah. a little bit like i think he wants to fuck that robot yeah a bit weird especially daniel, when he became a headmaster i mean that daniel always annoyed me during when i watched the movie um because he was so whiny um and he got that really awesome suit and he couldn't use it and you're just like come on man just transform you know that did, bit? what kid didn't want an exosuit oh god and there's that bit when they're running away and blur's just oh, like, and then the blur just leaves him <laughs> well no he says to me blur what do i do and blur's just like transform transform just transform and he's just like, <laughs> he leaves him he's going to treat and they just leave him and i'm like yeah blur just wanted to leave that behind yeah uh, oh, my brother had Blur. Do you remember that? Um, I, had, I had Blur. I had Blur, yeah. Hot Rod, Cup. And I think my stepbrother had Springer. Because I was always confused because the toy of Springer, his blades became his sword, but in the film, right. his sword gets broken in half by Rettiger. Yeah. 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 I was like, does that mean he can't be a helicopter anymore? Well, I'm guessing <laughs> that was just a thing for the toy. Yeah, of course it was. Um, yeah. And then uh, my dad's best friend, his his kid, who we saw every so often, had Galvatron. And I remember we played around there with Galvatron. I inherited a Galvatron from my stepbrother, and I had Ultra Magnus as well, because I remember telling my brother he could play with the ghost of Optimus Prime, not realising that that was the core bit that held yeah, yeah, Ultra yeah, Magnus yeah. together. So I remember my brother oh, being man. upset with me because I had to take it back off. <laughs> Ultra Magnus, man, in this film, very much feels like he should be the leader. And I know that's kind of the point. Um, he does until he tries to open the matrix and says, "Prime, you said this would light our darkest hour." It's like, dude, this is not your darkest hour. Yeah, this is your darkest hour. This isn't everybody's darkest this, hour. This is a minor inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> but that whole scene where he apparently the original idea was he was going to be drawn and quartered, like they were. His death was going to be far more brutal than just being. Yeah, because he blows up it. in some nice, easy put back together pieces. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was brutal as well he was just like man i don't even know this guy and he's been blown up and i feel this is traumatic see like, i think part of me as a kid was like well they can just take all the other dead autobots to the junk planet now and get them <laughs> to fix them so in my head can and that's what went on it wasn't until oh, like, you're bottomless prime with all this <laughs> so these these junkions right they're robots they can transform where the hell have they been like, are they, like, not Autobots? But like, where, who, where are all these robots coming from, man? Like, who's building these guys? And that was I the... think it's because you can do violence against robots. It was always exactly. like the Batman the Animated Series thing, wasn't it? Like... Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously what it was, yeah. Um, or in Star Trek Six when Klingon suddenly had pink blood. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> we need to have a lot of blood everywhere. Um, I do love that Dare to be Stupid bit. I love that the um, Junkions that get knocked down the one that was the bike transformed into the yeah. robot and the one that was the rider transformed into the bike. It's just a wonderful little bit of... It always it always bugged me that you, you couldn't get another junkie on Transformer. At least I can't remember if you could. Because like I say, my brother had Retgar and I wanted to do that. Like I was like, I want to have yeah. someone ride this bike. I think like, Retgar was the only one that hung around, wasn't he? Yeah. I think the new Hasbro ones, there's another one that isn't Retgar now. Because I've, I've been collecting those Studio 86 ones. Because I've almost got all the Dinobots. Nice. See, that's another one they weren't going to touch. I just yeah, need to touch. Weirdly, though, one of the Dinobots isn't in the film. Snarl isn't in the film. Isn't he? The sticklebacky one. Stegosaurus. Stegosaurus, thank you. Is he not? <laughs> no, because I always think he is, and then it's only four of them. It's Slag, Swoop, um, Sludge, and Grimlock. I, I, I always remember a bit. 
I can't remember. I can never remember all their names, but I always remember the bit when they're fighting Devastator. <laughs> Sludge gets his eyes pop out of his yeah. head. <laughs> it's when such everybody... a cartoony thing. It's such an anime cartoony thing. I love when it. When I when I watched that as a kid, I remember looking at it going, did that happen? Can I imagine that? <laughs> it's that. And I always remembered when they bring the door down on the uh, Quintesson prosecutor. Yeah. And that's slightly like, across. goes, excuse me. As a kid, I was like, that's hilarious. There's so many great lines in this film. I used and to that, know the script for this film word for word because I watched and, it so and, many and, times. Oh, man, the water on the Quintus on Planet always remind me of, you know, please forgive me, but it just reminded me of Wii. Yeah. Because it's like really yellow water, but like see-through, like as everyone can see. And I'm just like, did they think about this? <laughs> like even when I was a kid, I was just like, that's just, is this just a giant toilet? <laughs> like, because it swirls around like it's being flooded. <laughs> I'm just like, because obviously they drive around in it and it just yeah. feels really, because when they go in, like they go into the water and they start talking and breathing, I feel really uncomfortable because I'm just like, what is that? Because that looks wrong. Um, I've ruined that for you now. You're going to go, what's that movie next? And you're just like, he's right. <laughs> but uh, To be fair, if, that, if that's the trauma you took from the film. <laughs> Do you know what though? I I really loved that they did that with the story that they did split them up, you know that they split them up in different areas. So you know, cup and hot uh, hot rod, and you know, go and find. You know, <laughs> they weird... both seem to manage to land on shit old planets. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 annoying wheelie, uh, trans like little transformer wheelie with the talks in riddles that's not Yoda, so shouldn't do it. Um, and just has like a blooming catapult. It's like. Oh, I had a wheelie. He was the most basic transformer. You just lifted up his. Yeah, I think we had a wheelie. Screen, yeah, with his face under there, and oh, he was just the worst. I didn't um, mind him as a kid. He's he's very much the snarf of the. Uh... Yeah, but I tell you one of these one of these things this film could have done more with more of. Not enough shockwave, me. Yeah, not enough shockwave. We needed more shockwave in this movie. Um, I know he was on Cybertron, and I know that a lot of the the the, the, uh, the story takes place away from Cybertron. But it's like, mate, if you can find enough room for Spike, <laughs> you can you can give us more, give I, us more shockwave. <laughs> I love that in this film, Soundwave is referred to as uncharismatic. <sighs> you mean uncharismatic? Uncharismatic, yeah. <laughs> that whole Decepticon leadership fight. Astro train. He was one that never made sense. So he's a train now. But like he transforms into it. Like, I mean, the giant ones never made sense to me because it's just like, how can they be a trick? Because like a shuttle, a space shuttle is much bigger than a train. <laughs> so yeah. Like, how does that work? <laughs> I mean, it's, I never got Megatron being small enough to be a handheld gun, but also oh, big no. enough to be the same size. But <laughs> Well, they had to, didn't they? Because of the two toy lines. Um, coming together yeah um, which i learned all about from the wonderful netflix documentary the toys that made us because as a kid i didn't know what that was i didn't know they were actually two toy lines from japan um that got mashed together that yeah that was one of those things i think i found out in the early 2000s bbc did a series that was i love and then a specific year right and that came up in one of those i think or i heard it on the commentary for the movie from somebody it's one of those yeah. bits that I knew, but I didn't know in that detail. That Toys That Made Us is really good. Oh, I love that show. <clears throat> but yeah, the idea that they were basic, because it made perfect sense. 
why these characters were either like cars and trucks or you know little walkmans <laughs> or handheld guns it's like it makes no sense when you think about it but it's like ah it makes sense because they're separate toy lines of handheld objects that turn into little robots and big you know and i'm like ah mate penny drops <laughs> But of course, the most traumatic death of this film is, uh, I know we've touched upon it, but we have to talk about it, uh, Optimus Prime. I fear the wounds are fatal. Prime, you can't die. Do not grieve. Soon I shall be one with the Matrix. Uh, 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 Ultra Magnus, it, it is to you, old friend. I shall pass the matrix of leadership as it was passed to me. But Prime, I'm I'm just a soldier. I I'm not worthy. Uh, nor was I. But one day, an Autobot shall rise from our ranks. And use the power of the Matrix to light our darkest hour. Until that day, till all are one. Good Lord. Good Lord. <laughs> like, even, you know, just take, let's just, it wasn't even the battle with uh, with uh, Megatron where he gets, you know, shot and you see him get shot really badly and he's got the bit where he, after he has the thing thrown in his, you know, his ribs and you see his hand there and you see the electricity. Oh, and the blue electricity. Yeah. He grabs it, yeah. Yeah. And then, of I course, love he those goes, little details. Yeah. And he goes down with the gun. And then, you know, like we say, when he hits Megatron and he's all shaking, but he's not just shaking, you get the close up and he's all battered and broken. And that's fine. That I can deal with. But it's when he's lying on the table and that wonderful piece of harrowing music comes in and you hear the, you know, the beep, 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 you know, of the, of, of the, you know, the life support machine and, they're all standing around him and you're just you get like, perceptive with the I fear the wounds are yeah. fatal. Fatal. Oh god. You know what I mean? Like it's because up until that point, it's like, yeah, he got battered. But like you say, they're robots, you can just repair them. It's like that was just the end of a battle. Fine. But then when you see him on the table and everyone's like proper crying and everything like he's he's actually going to die. And then does the whole thing about talking about the matrix, which we're all like, and what's this now? (laughs) What's this new piece of thing we've never heard of? The Wachowskis Um, went, shot that down. Oh God. And then, uh, and then, yeah. And then he, he, he goes and the eyes flicker and the music stops. Like I say, it's where he turns gray and black. And you get the dong, 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 dong. And then like his head turns. Oh, no. It's just unlike. The only thing that slightly takes me out of that now as an adult is Ultra Magnus putting the Matrix in his chest and then adjusting it slightly. 
Well, it's because it, it's 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 badly animated, isn't it? It gets like put on his chest, and then he kind of goes, <laughs> "Yeah, it's like someone put it on too early, and the animation checker must have had a day off that day or something because it's just slightly off, isn't it?" But I um, quite like the idea that you've got this heroic thing. You put it in, and you're actually just just give it a wiggle. Yeah, it now. It's obviously still calibrated for Optimus Prime, and uh, I'm in my massive suit because, as we know. Ultra Magnus is really just another Optimus Prime from the toy in a big mech suit. Um, like I say, that's why I thought when you had the all-white Optimus Prime that came with Ultra Magnus, that it was it was like, they've given you the dead Optimus Prime toy as well. Brutal. Um, but yeah, that, that bit when he, he you know, he dies, it's like, you know, the whole music I say and, and oh, pfft. It's after the adrenaline shot as well that was, I think there's so many great lines in that, like say Turbo Rubber Young Punk or Straightening Out then yeah, all yeah, time, yeah, that's yeah. something you'll never be if you don't get back to see. The Incepticons yeah. are in a way wrong, they're our way in, and oh. then they drive over one of their heads. <laughs> yeah, bashes one off and then it's the one that's a fly, isn't he? And he runs over his head yeah. and you just see it collapse on itself, but you can't help but kind of fist bump. Yeah, take that, you, yeah, that was for Prowl. Starscream um, getting his foot trapped. Blaster saying, look out and shout out. Yeah. Rumble or Frenzy, whichever one it is, who does the first we crack the shell, then we crack the nuts inside. And (laughs) the one I still use whenever it gets dark and I'm doing something is, I've got better things to do tonight than die. It's an amazing line. I mean, that was it, wasn't it, about Springer? He was cool. Springer was cool. He was just cool. You know, he wasn't trying to be cool. He was just cool. It's, It's like Cup is still my man, but Springer is cool. Yeah, but like Hot Rob was Judd Nelson. Yeah, you know, like come on, he was Bender. <laughs> it's like from uh, from yeah. you know Breakfast Club, not yeah, off your drama. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he was just cool. And there's that whole bit, that whole bit, yeah, you, know, you know, Megatron's making his big push, and we gotta push back. Oh yeah, come on. And uh, you know, but uh, like I say, yeah, Optimus Prime's death, the most harrowing in all of it. Yeah, um, but it obviously kickstarts the story because, like, because that's one of the cool things about the story is that the story, if and the characters, if anything, mirror everybody who's watching it. Because after Optimus Prime dies, everyone just goes, well, "What do they do now? Yeah. What do we do now? What? It's, what? It, what? What? Kid, who's this guy? This Ultra Mac? Who's he? Never heard of him. Is he gonna? What? Why should we follow this guy?" And then, uh, so they they obviously then get on the 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 shuttle, you know, get the Dinobots on the shuttle. Um, I love that he's like, forget it, Blur. We'll get a cup and hot rod to do it. I just always really love the fact that they're being really stubborn about it. It's like you guys are Transformers. You're not idiots. Like you're not you're not stupid. Why are you being like children and they're trying to force you onto this shuttle and you're just being stubborn? What's going on? <laughs> I love the. Uh, I'll give you Petro rabbits. Oh. You know, I would say that kickstarts the the story, and the ships get sent off in different directions, and they have their different adventures, which I think is a really cool idea, and it's very gripping. Um, and, oh, I love um, Springer's cup and hot rod. Just bought it, and Ultra Magnus is I can't deal with that now. Yeah, it's like because you can't. No, you can't. It's just all out. Oh. Um, but then, of course, the whole business on Astro Train, where they're trying to talk about. The new, you know what? There's even that wonderful touching bit when the the, which is weird to say, but you get that lovely touching bit between um uh, between uh, 
Soundwave and and Megatron when the the Decepticons are retreating, and uh, he's just like, "Don't leave me, Soundwave," and he's just like, "I should command Megatron." You know, same voice actor, brilliant. Um, but it's a really touching moment between two evil characters who you know genuinely like each other. They're probably the only two characters that in the Decepticons who actually like each other. Well, um, so you kind of feel sorry for the ones that get booed out into space as well because they're so pathetic by that point. Yeah, even Megatron <laughs> with his "I still function" starts from such a snotty little. What a bit! <laughs> oh, it's just—I mean—that whole bit as well. Like when they're just like, uh, we need to jettison some some way to or never make it to Cybertron. So they're like, right, we've got to boot someone out. Like survival of the fittest. Who's who's for that? And they go, I. And they're like, and against. And all these decrepit ones. Yeah. Come. It's like, oh mate, brutal. And I yeah, love how Starscream kicks Megatron when he's crashed down to Earth as well. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and you're he, cleaning up the medic. <laughs> and he uh he throws they throw get thrown out into space. But I actually thought that was a really genius way of just like not because obviously a lot of the transformers just die and other ones just kind of step in who are kind of go we were here the whole time <laughs> um whereas i thought it was a really clever i still do think it's a really clever idea that they used you know um unicron to to tr- trans <laughs> transform um the uh you know these characters um into new characters you know replacing megatron and turning him into galvatron yeah which i thought was really clever because that allows them to keep the whole idea of you know that he's got the cannon on his arm which is a really cool feature for the bad guy but now he transforms into a more kind of uh logical uh, giant cannon (laughs) yeah yeah that's it it's uh, the animation on that bit as well blew my mind as a kid yeah how did they do that yeah and so we get Cyclonus, who for a moment there's two of him, um, and I don't. Yeah, think they're the ones I feel sorry for. The ones who become the sweeps, and the one who becomes the second Cyclonus. Because I'm just yeah. kind of like, well, you got a raw deal, didn't you? Well, also, so much robot uh, goatees yeah. in this movies, in this like unbelievable amount of goatees on robots, uh, just ridiculous. Galvatron's <laughs> almost got a soul patch. <laughs> yeah, he's got one. Uh, the sweeps obviously have them. Uh, Retgar has one. Uh, it's just like, mate, why? <laughs> oh, a bunch of the robots in the, the first planet that gets, you know, done in yeah. like, they got them. And Krennics like, and all that lot, yeah. yeah, yeah. What, why have you all got a wife? And then I think a couple of the faces on the Quintessons have got them. Yeah. And you're like, but Why? <laughs> Why have you got beards? What's that about? Because even in space, there's hipster douchebags. <laughs> oh, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Because actually, that was one of the things that took me out of the sweeps. I always thought they were kind of weird because of that. Um, I just didn't really dig it. Uh, but Cyclonus, I always thought he was like, Galvatron was cool, but Cyclonus just looked yeah. cool. And he never really talked either. So he had this sort of air of like mystic mysticism around him. And he also like, could galvatron could go in there and fly him which i thought was really really cool as well um and yeah there was two of him for about five seconds uh it, it wasn't his armada wasn't it cyclones yeah. in his armada it's like well there's actually just another one and then we don't yeah. see him <laughs> <It's> <laughs> there's, there's, there's more sweeps than there are armada <laughs> yeah 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 um, i do like that bit where galvatron's flying in him 
and um, Scorch comes up next to him and just his head pops up out of his ship. <laughs> mm. I should gut Ultra Magnus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a bit with the, one of the with one of the Dinobots like breathes fire at him, and he he turns over it and Galtron Gal- basically goes. <laughs> it, it looks like that, but it more looks like he's giving him the other side with his, you know. Um, I think he's meant to be doing the angry man fist, isn't he? But it doesn't yeah, like, it's like, like it comes yeah. across. Um, you know, for kids, not so much, but adults were like, did he just call him up? There is there is a our shit in this film, so Is there? Yeah. When just... um they think they've blown up Unicron and they blow up Moonbase 2. Yeah. Daniel says it, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. Uh, Spike says yeah. it. He says uh Oh shit, Spike, what are sorry. we gonna do now? Which Spike, was never on the video. Apparently it was in the cinema cut. I don't know if it was in the cinema cut in this country, but it was when I got it on DVD and I was watching it and I was like, yeah. can you just drop an S-bomb in this film? I mean, that that whole sequence was amazing as well. Like, when I assume got... there's only two people on those moons because they're the only fuckers who escape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bumblebee survived. He was one yeah. that I'd, been like, I'd have been all right if he'd have got done in uh but uh, okay. he becomes gold bug eventually yeah 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 um <laughs> but uh i mean that's that whole weird thing is they get to hang around conveniently until just before they're about to get dropped into acid which yeah. i want to know what happens to all the other robots that are still on that thing do they rescue them you don't see them i come guess out. they i guess so they, they leave them there to die I mean, that's kind of a really evil. That shows you how evil the workings of Unicron is, isn't it? It's not just like we'll eat this stuff and then and then you get digested. You survive like, being mush. Yeah, you get collected and then th- individually thrown into a digestion pot. Because like, oh. that's another horrible thing as well is when those two get dropped in yeah. the acid and you see them turn red and then just yeah, melt yeah, into yeah. it. And scream as well. It's, it's almost as traumatic as the shoe in Roger Rabbit. <laughs> oh, mate, in the dip. <laughs> that, that messed yeah. me up as a kid. Oh, yeah, that's another <laughs> one. Christ. Um, but then but, you know, that's juxtaposed with like Cut telling the Dinobot stories and the Dinobots just being around him, just like their heads in their arms. Congratulations, Autobots, we've lost them. So rest while you can. Yep, I remember the dust was so thick for Beta 4, you had to use windshield wipers on your optic sensors. Me, Grimlock, know all about wipers. Want to hear good part of story? Good part, Captain. Tell Smooth good part. Okay, okay. Well, the dust was really thick. And then this gigantic Ikyak came trumping and stumping down the mountain, flames spewing out of its nostrils. And I thought for sure... Hey, Cup, don't you think we have better things to do now than tell old stories? Like what? Like maybe figure out how we're going to rescue our friends and then save Cybertron. No! Tell story! Quiet! Tell story! We want to hear story! Time out, time out, time out! What was a Petro Rabbit? Seriously. Would we ever find out what a Petro Rabbit was? And where were all these war campaigns? And who was he fighting? (laughs) Other robots, probably. Um... (laughs) <laughs> not, not like the training droid as well that sucker punches hot rod that when he goes to take him back he's like turn out, turn out, turn out. yeah 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 
it's i've kind of felt bad for the training robot because the rest of them were like these really beautifully like sophisticated robots and then the training droid was like was he as a servant droid how does that work in a robot hierarchy (laughs) you know what i mean like is that is that maybe something we should talk about later down the do you know what i mean it's like is was he maybe a though was he was this an upstairs i like the the idea that there was a bit where uh when hot rod's looking for cup underwater he just sees that training droid just kind of shouldn't have sucked up me bitch (laughs) carries on driving i like that he fixes cup and then cup complains (laughs) (laughs) oh man i also love that cup uh has aches and pains that they fix because he's like yeah when he picks him up underwater and he's like fix me Um, oh and he fixes me he's like ah my knees never felt so good it's like mate why have you not just had ratchet sort that out <laughs> like, come on! I mean, Ratchet had been now, dead yeah. for a long time. Perhaps somebody yeah. had murdered Ratchet, and Megatron's <laughs> attack was the ultimate time to just bring his body yeah. out. It's like, oh, the Decepticons did. <laughs> but yeah, like it, 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 it was yeah, yeah, great, it's just, great, great. Like I say, the whole universal reading thing. Don't worry, they'll reciprocate. <laughs> I thought they were supposed to reciprocate. I want to know with Quintus on Justice, what happens if you're guilty? Right? That that was something that messed with me as a kid because when they were like innocent and then they die, I'm like, hold on a minute. But but what? And I think for years, I, I, well, not for years, but as a kid, I was like, that's that's what happens. Yeah. When I, I assumed if you were innocent, then, then I think we watched would... like an episode of The Bill or something and they were like, <laughs> but he's innocent. No, he's, he's innocent. It's like, oh, so we did it? <laughs> Send him to Quintessa. Let's uh, go over the... Uh... Yeah, I never. I, did, I don't know if they ever explained that or whatever. But I, I don't know if there is in the wider law. But I think they're just guilty or innocent. They kill you either yeah. way. <laughs> I, I love how easy Autobots can convince people to revolt as well. Oh, yeah. Like the Sharktacons, and then with the Junkions, they're just kind of like, yeah, let's go kill Unicron. Like, yeah, right on, <laughs> mate. And and then yeah, and then it all comes to a head with well, you've got Galvatron. He comes back. And he kills Starscream. It's horrible. And we get Leonard Nimoy, who for years I didn't know that was Leonard Nimoy. Like, I just didn't. I never made that connection when I was a kid that that was Spock. Yeah, same. It just, it just was like, what? And fair, like, I think what? I was in my 20s when a friend told me that it wasn't Leonard Nimoy carrying on playing Galvatron afterwards. Yeah, it was just... It, it completely blew my mind. Like, the cast in this film is absolutely insane. I mean, yeah. obviously, Orson Welles is massive. He apparently he he died like a few days after film. Like, film yeah, this is this is literally his last film, isn't well, it? He it's... he recorded his lines and then like died a couple of days later. Um, there was rumors for years that he couldn't finish, and Leonard Nimoy finished them. But apparently, that's been um, that's yeah. Been... I think that was one of those urban legends that went around. Yeah. I don't think they yeah. could ever actually back it up. It's because there were also rumors that he didn't know what he was doing. Well, there's a really, there's a really interesting like quote or something which I'm going to murder, uh, where he was asked what this film was, and he's like, some, he says something along the lines of, uh, "I play." He couldn't remember the name of his character, and he says something like, "I play a big toy that beats up little toys," and he ain't wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, um, pretty much nails it. That could have been the thing on the back of the box. Yeah, um, bad like. And apparently his health was really bad. I read somewhere that his they didn't know whether he was going to be able to finish because he only did one day of recording. 
uh, apparently the lines were re- like a, a few people didn't think they were usable, which is why they're so like they're quite. I think they're quite like messed with like um, production wise. I think they sort of. I think that works really well for Unicron though. Oh, absolutely. Because there's bits for years I didn't know what he was saying. Like when he yeah. says, uh, "Your bargain imposter is dubious." I never yeah. knew what it came after bargain imposter. Yeah. I, I had to look the script up to find out what that line was, but it works so well for him. I love how he's like not taking Megatron's bullshit and he's like, I crap shot was prime with my bare hands that you exaggerate. Yeah. But he's, um, but a lot of those sort of labored, um, noises that he makes, I think are real. They were real. Like his health, well, as he died like less than a week later. Well, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to him, but he was not in the best of shape by that no. point. When you think what a young, handsome man he was and, like mm. the size he was. I mean, the joke was always he was the size of Unicron when he did oh. By the time he did it, which is, is yeah. fat-shaming. I'm not down yeah, with that. Of course. But he, he but was yeah, not yeah, in yeah. his peak physical health anymore. No. But No, but I mean, again, like, that's... that's. I don't know whether it would have been his first choice to, to go out on that movie, but I do think uh, it's quite a... Uh, it legitimizes it in a way, doesn't mm-hmm. it? In a way, having well, I think having... there was no secret he was doing it for the money to either finish another project or to start financing another project. Oh, well, you know, I, think... I mean, it's like George Clooney doing the espresso adverts, he does it so he can fund other things. Well, and it's like, well, I mean, Michael Keaton's quite open that that's what he how he apparently he Michael Keaton likes real estate, yeah, and he's like. Every time I, I I get offered a movie, I look at like what I want to buy. That you know, if I want to buy some piece of real estate and I want to you know do it up, I'm uh, I'm gonna you know get offered a movie. And I'm like, yeah, that'll pay for that. So what you're saying is no... basically the real life version of his Pacific Heights character. Just <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mate, I got no beef with that. Like, if you're upfront about it, I'm gonna take a you know call, go for it. Well, it's um, no different to the people who do the one for the studio, one for me kind of. Well, exactly. Back in the um, heyday of the art house movies, you don't really get it so much anymore. But, but um, but yeah, like I, I, I do think it's quite. I mean, when I was a kid, I had no idea who Orson Welles was. Um, so when I got older and I found out, you know, Orson Welles was Unicorn, it's like wow. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of perfect. You know, having this omnipotent, you know, force of nature that is, you know, absolutely devastating. To the point where you're just like, we don't know if the good guys are going to win this one, and in fact, we're going to lose a bunch of them along the way. Like, if you want that one character who's got the gravitas, I mean, that kind of goes to show as well. Like, he was so ill when he recorded those lines, and yet, I would argue that even as a kid, I understood that Unicron had gravitas. Yeah, you know, when he spoke, you you know, you listened. <laughs> you know, um, so having awesome worlds, that being that character, it's like really fitting i think i have summoned you here for a purpose nobody summons megatron then it pleases me to be the first state your business this is my command you are to destroy the autobot matrix of leadership it is the one thing the only thing can stand in my way. You have nothing to fear. I have already crushed Optimus Prime with my bare hands. You exaggerate. The point is he's dead, and the Matrix died with him. No, the point is you are a fool. 
The Matrix has been passed to their new leader, Ultra Magnus. Destroy it for me. Why should I? What's in it for me? Your bargaining posture is highly dubious, but very well. I will provide you with a new body and new troops to command. And? And nothing. You belong to me. No. I belong to nobody! Perhaps I misjudged you. Proceed. On your way to oblivion. Your terms. I accept your Excellent. Well, Whereas, like you say, Leonard Nimoy. I mean, I knew Eric Idle because my dad was a Monty Python yeah, fan, so I'd seen yeah. bits, so I recognized that voice. Yeah. Judd Nelson, I didn't know until I was watching Breakfast Club years later, and I was like, mm. I know the name Judd Nelson. Mm. Um, that sort of penny never dropped for me. And um, I never knew who Lionel Stambler was. It's only through looking him up that I found out he was in Heart to Heart, but I never really watched Heart to Heart, so I couldn't mm-hmm. tell you. And part of the thing in my mind was I pictured DeForest Kelly. He didn't sound <laughs> like DeForest Kelly, but he was like yeah, the McCoy. Yeah, so in my head, you just had that DeForest Kelly look. He really bummed me out, though, is like to, when I think about the fact that I didn't know that it was Leonard Nimoy being Galvatron, because I think I would have loved the film infinitely more. Because even by that point, I was you know a Star Trek fan, even yeah. as young as I was. And I think uh, I think it's because he's so against type. Yeah, I know. But it's like because really I always is. had a problem as a kid, like good guys playing bad guys and other things. I remember getting really upset to the point where my dad had to like take me out of the room and console me. We were watching a, some TV movie that had like, and one of the characters was a criminal who gets like gunned down horribly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just see him. But it was the guy, not Street Hawk, but the guy who was on the computer in Street Hawk. All right. And I just was devastated because I thought they'd killed the guy from Street Hall. <laughs> and my dad was being like, no, no, he was a bad guy in this film. He wasn't a good guy. I was like, no, they killed him. Because my brain just didn't connect the no, two. No, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Just like but Slipstream. Yeah. I was like, that's Luke Skywalker, though. Like, yeah, but he's the bad guy in this. It's like, well, yeah. he's Luke Skywalker? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but he's the Joker now. Like, what? <laughs> oh, that blew uh, my mind when I found that. Oh, I, I know. Me too, man. So what? Um... But yeah, you know, um, Unicorn, like I say, you know, and, and 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 all of these guys playing, but it kind of almost legitimizes it in a way. Well, it didn't because obviously everybody hated it, you know, um, review wise. But for an animated film in the eighties that wasn't Disney, you know, that's quite it's quite amazing. It's like when um, well, even then, because it wasn't until sort of Aladdin with Robin Williams they really started pushing yeah. these celebrity voices. Yeah, so this is quite an anomaly for the time. Yeah, so yeah. G.I. Joe had like Don Johnson and that, and there's, which I do love that this film had a knock on effect to G.I. Joe with it to put that clumsy voiceover in, like, Duke's woken up. <laughs> like, no, Duke was dead. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we got better. <laughs> but, um, but I, as I say, I, I, there's other things that, that, that kind of always stick out for this film with me is the, the final battle with, uh, with Unicron. Oh, the you reprise know. of Dare, and then they smash through his eye. Oh, God. And then when they escape, they smash through his good eye, which makes oh. no sense for where they were within Unicron. No, no. But yeah, the battle between, um, you know, Galvatron, because Galvatron at this point is kind of anti-Unicron, isn't he? Because he'd been yeah. eaten, but for somehow, for somehow reason, he managed to not go to yeah, the... Yeah, he di- to bypass all the uh, acidy, yeah. chompy I mean, bits. That, that itself 
mate, when they go into Galvatron, uh, sorry, into Unicron, and they're running through and they encounter all of these, uh, you know, hooks that come flying around, they're terrifying. It's just like that in itself is like a level in a game, isn't it? Like, they're just like, we've now entered the level of inside Unicron. It's just a whole thing inside there. <laughs> it's, it's like, why is there so much water in Unicron as well? So much water. Assuming that was his so cooling system or something. Maybe. <laughs> There's electricity running. I mean, obviously he's a robot, but still, it's just... One thing I never got is when Unicron's, like, being broken apart, his hand comes in. It's like, is he ripping into himself? Well, yeah, you see nothing after that either. You just see his fingers come through. Well, I think what he's trying to do at this point, I the way I've always seen that is that the whole stuff's going down with the Matrix, isn't it? Because yeah. obviously at this point, Galvatron has got the Matrix around his neck and he's never going to open for a, a Decepticon. But but inside him is, uh, you know, Hot Rod becoming Rodimus Prime, opening up the Matrix, and he's just like just trying to get at it. Yeah. Just trying mad, like mad to get to it. It's like I say, it doesn't go anywhere, but it's just really dark. The idea of ripping yourself open just to get to it's like, and I like Grimlock's little, you know, kicking his ass from the outside thing. Yeah, yeah, they kind of come flying in and starts kicking it. Yeah, that's quite good. No, that which one is it? It's the the Diplodocus one. I can never remember, but Sludge. Yeah, I think Unicron's communication method with Galvatron needs work. He basically yeah, tortures that. Galvatron, makes him fly all the way back to Unicron to tell him he hadn't finished the job to then fly all the way back to the planet of Junk. Yeah. But then when he's inside yeah. him, he can communicate with him using his voice. I think it was one of these things, wasn't it, that was just like, he's a god, don't worry about it. He's this giant omnipotent robot, just don't even... Like, it's so the kind much of thing as a kid, you don't think about it, but as an adult, oh. I'm, I'm like, you're two under each watts, so you're kind of like... Yeah, you start like, pulling when, when Galvatron threatens him with the Matrix when he's on the planet of Jung, why doesn't he just then torture him then? I know it, it, there are certain things in it, like you say, when you've watched it like 200 at the time, you then start to uh, pull it apart. It's pulling it apart in a fun and affectionate way, though. Yeah, yeah, like I say, I, I recognize everything that my dad and those film critics hated about this film, but oddly. It just adds to the charm for me. See, I I don't. I take it for what it is, man. And I think I always did, which is it's just a fun movie for kids. Yeah. Like it is. It's just a fun movie for kids about Transformers and then obviously trying to sell them toys. Um, but like it is just a fun movie. So all these critics that and I think that's always been my problem. And and I don't know whether it's because I am an animator and obviously I work in animation. But animation in general has never really had the has never had the respect from the film critics that that, that live action has, you know, or, or even within the film industry. If you've only got well, no, look at a couple of years ago when they made that really derogatory comment about having to sit through animated movies with their kids. I know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just doesn't. Animation never has. I mean, it's why it's why Disney always markets their um their uh, remakes as live action yeah. you know I mean, look at the lion king live <laughs> action as animated as your original <laughs> it's just i mean no lion did anything in that movie like, they aren't real lions they never went to africa it's not real I, i've tried on a side note i've tried watching that film and it's just so devoid of any personality I won't, I won't watch it um it was on over christmas i think and we sat down and watched like 10 minutes and i was like this is just I won't, I won't really watch that i won't watch the uh the jungle book one because i just don't because i watched and i know this is off topic but i watched the uh the beauty and the beast one and all of the photorealistic animation is like you say it's devoid of character 
when you've got like Mrs. Potts and Chip from the original being beautifully expressive, animated, anthropomorphic, I don't know if that's the right word, yeah, anthropomorphic like objects like coming to life and, and things like that. And then in the remake, you know, Mrs. Potts is literally just a teapot with 2D animation on the side because they're like, we've got to make it real. You're just like, that's not, that's not better. That's no, just- I mean, the, the biggest sin for me with that was I didn't hate the film. It was perfectly fine. But um, is what they do with the candlestick. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, why? It's, yeah. By making it, it humanoid as a candlestick holder, you've just taken all that personality away that was in that animation. And I mean, it kind of is on topic because obviously this was the first big screen Transformers movie, but then the next mm-hmm. one we got was like 20 plus years later yep. with the Michael Bay, again, live action. Mm. And it's just, I mean, even again, so devoid of personality, they were so impressed with what they could do that they made those Transformers so overcomplex. What I quite liked about Bumblebee and Rise of the Beasts is they went back to simplifying them a little bit. It's still yeah. not this. Yeah. It's still not the original cartoon, but... It's 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 like, it's, because it is, it does come to that whole idea of the, you know animation specifically 2d animation it's for kids it's lesser you know i've had it all the way through my career i just have you know that sort of i mean i mean my goodness i went to art school and i liked i wanted to make cartoons and comic books i was literally like the kid that they just didn't want to you know they're like you ain't gonna get anywhere (laughs) it's just like mate everything you do everything you want to do is rubbish um it's there is that sort of air of of, um you know it's it's not good enough so when you read like film critics reviews of a kids movie it is a kids movie there's nothing wrong with this trans the the transformers the movie the one we are talking about is a great movie it's got a great cast it's got a great story you know all right there's some bits in it that you know it's not perfect but it's got a great story it's got really good animation really good design you know not just the old characters but the new characters are some really crazy designs and really like talented artists you know it's got fantastic cast and phenomenal soundtrack you know like it's brilliant and then you show it to like these film critics who are just like oh my goodness you know giving it one star and calling it like you know like barely watchable it's just like well yeah you ain't 10 yeah (laughs) yeah that's it i mean like i say as i've got older i can see i don't agree with it but i can see what they saw in it and why they didn't like it again like i say i don't agree with those but i've also got the thing that i wasn't in my 40s when i first watched it Mm. because you know i watched the super mario brothers movie and was kind of like this is just like watching somebody play the game but my kids loved it yeah and i was kind of like it's not for me it's fine Like, but I just, yeah, I mean, film critics always seem to be a certain age. I never really followed film critics as a kid. It was only when I got slightly older and got into film that I started watching, like, Barry Norman and that. Mm, mm, mm. And I think I discovered Barry Norman because they did a special on the 1990 TMNT film, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Mm. And they was talking about the, the puppets and that. And even though he didn't like the film, he was impressed by the craftsmanship that was involved in that. And I think... That's something if you recognize that, and I think if they recognize the animation, even if they were like, This is just a toy commercial, but it looks great, 
it's it's. But the they're not willing to concede the positives in just no. laying on a film. And there are films that don't deserve any form. You kind of like you know, everything about this film was horrible and terrible. Yeah. But, but this isn't that. It's the inability, as you say, for these people to kind of go. Like, it's this film was not made for me. If you are a child who likes Transformers, you grew up on Transformers, you are going to like this film. I didn't do that, but they can't do that. A lot of them. I mean, I'm sure there are critics out there that will do it. But generally speaking, the critics that I've always seen have always been like, this film is rubbish. It's all, yeah. you know, they'll, 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 you know, crap on these films that are perfectly, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Like you say, there are some films out there with some no redeeming qualities, but they'll be unfair to, to these films with, when they can easily say, it's not for me, I didn't enjoy it, but it wasn't made for me. Yeah. If you are, if you have a child or you are a child and this is your thing, you will probably like this. Go watch it. Other than that, I, you know, it wasn't for me, but they can't. And that's why I always, I, I'll always take critics with a pinch of salt whenever they read, whenever, whether it's a good review or bad review, I tend, you know, of movies particularly, I always take it with, with, with a pinch of yeah, salt. I tend like, to view it as, I usually like to look at reviews after I've seen a film. It's rare mm-hmm. I'll look at a review before a film because yeah. I don't want that getting in the way of me then mm-hmm. sitting down and watching it. But yeah, it's, I tend to then go back to reviews to be kind of like, oh, either a good review or a bad review and being kind of, oh, I didn't see it that way. That's interesting. Next time mm. I watch it, I'll keep that yeah. in mind. And Yeah, that's quite a good way. Of it's it. very rare that a review has changed my opinion on a film. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I, I would agree with that one, actually, because I've done that with friends, but I'll talk through a movie with them after I've seen it and they'll be just like, they'll say something and I'm like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way. And they'll go and watch it again. And I'm yeah. like, I get that. Like, I see where you're going with that. And, and, and that does change my, my view on it. But yeah, very rarely will I will I read a review of a film or hear a review of a film before I've seen it and like put any stock in it, good yeah. or bad. You know, it's what like I mean? my eldest is a nightmare for being like, oh, on YouTube they said it was crap. I was like, dude, don't listen to people on YouTube. Make your own mind up. <laughs> one of my one of my biggest like the, the when it the line I hear about a film of a performance of a film if I've not seen it, or even if I have seen it, if I hear it, I just instantly turn off, is what score it got on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah. Couldn't I... care what score that... Oh, no, no, but what it, it means is it's been, it's been, you know, it's analysed, and it's, it means it's, it's got, I don't care. I don't care, because all that means it's just been, you know, people have just, you know, quantified the, the scores that's been given by other people, and I, I, I'm not those people. So like, no, I, it's another one of those things that can weaponize certainly more in like the age of Twitter film. Yeah. Where people have gone, well, you're stupid if you hate this film because it's got this on Rotten Tomatoes or this is the reason reviewers are idiots and the audiences yeah. think. It's yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. it's not. It's like reviewers yeah. look at films very differently for one. They yeah. look at it from the point of view of a critic. Yeah. It's like a reviewer can hate a film on every level of, from filmmaking, but I could be like, I'd have such a good time with it. I don't care. I know it's absolutely, shit. absolutely. It's like the Meg. The Meg's terrible, but I really enjoyed it because I was just oh, like, mate. it's I've, such dumb fun. I have a I have a collection of films that are uh, that are generally considered bad by most people, and I'm like, I love these films. Yeah, I think they're great. I mean, I admit that that some of them are bad, 
but like I have a great time watching them, as you say. Uh, and I don't care if it's certified fresh or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes you just want dumb fun. Yeah. It's like I look at certain films like Cocaine Bear and people are doing negative bears. It's like, what were you expecting from a yeah. film called Cocaine Bear? I mean, you know, it's like the, I mean, one of the top first ones for that was like Snakes on a Plane. Yes. Literally in the title, mate. Like, yeah. My only thing with Snakes on a Plane was it was a bit meaner than it needed to be. Yeah. With certain yeah. bits. I was yeah. kind of like, you could have lent a little bit more into the fun stupidness of it. But again, it's a film called Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think we sort of hit everything on this film, If there's, unless there's anything else you want to add. No, um, I don't think so. I, I do I like think... the Talola Wong cult at the end. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there were some really great quotable moments um, to all our one. I mean, here's something. This, when I was when I was when I was younger, and I was uh, I was in a a, 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 a hardcore punk band, and uh, the lead singer was like obsessed with Transformers, and loads of our lyrics were just quotes from this movie. Uh, including that one to like to all like, well, we had a whole thing Please about tell it. me your band was called Wheelie and the Dinobots no but because I've always thought Wheelie and the Dinobots is an awesome name for a band there is I don't know if they're still going but there was a hardcore punk band called Shockwave and their whole deal was Transformers like that was their whole in fact they covered one of the tracks from this soundtrack uh, one of like the musical tracks, uh, not one of like the bands, but like, just one of the musical tracks. And like they, their whole deal was like, we are a Transformers band, and they were brilliant. And you should check them out because, <laughs> like I say, they did. They all went all in with being like everything, um, everything. All their songs were named after Transformers, like, and and all of their like music was about. It was just they're brilliant. Shockwave. <laughs> I, I knew I'd found a soulmate at one of my jobs. It was in the early 2000s, and it was when that song Flawless was out. Yeah. With the robotic voice doing the flawless bit. And my friend yeah. was going, It's nice the same way you find work after Transformers, isn't it? And I was like, You, sir. <laughs> right. Here's something about Soundwave, which were, you know, that's, that's something I didn't think I'd say. Uh, here's something about Soundwave. Was there a connection with him and Prime? Only Transformers that had faceplates that I can remember. Yeah. That's like, like, yeah, they pretty much always, had the same sort of head, didn't they? Yeah, that always stuck with me, man. Like when I was growing up and I was watching it, I was like, "He's got a faceplate. Prime has a faceplate." Are they? He's like his his half brother, like Juggernaut and Professor X. Yeah, cousins or something. Like, and you know, <laughs> Soundwave just fell in with the wrong crowd. <laughs> <laughs> he was the one that rebelled in the Prime family. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. There might be more. Well, the Optimus face- didn't have a faceplate, did he? When he was Orion Pax, Orion Pax. Mm. Yeah, but that's comics. That's not. I don't know if that's been put into the films. Or they the did it in one of the cartoons, didn't they? They did an origin of. You're right. Actually, you are right because the toy of Orion Pax, if I remember rightly, was just a repainted um, blur. I could be wrong. Um, but no, if I, I remember right. rightly, yeah. Uh, but you're right. No, there was a whole thing about it in the cartoon. Yeah. But you're right. He didn't have the faceplate then. Um, but he wasn't Optimus Prime then. Either. No, he was. He was. He was a young up and comer. Yeah. But um, sort of quickly, what were some of your favorite Transformers, either Gen One or from the movie and beyond? I mean, Optimus Prime was probably my my most favorite, and I had to get into my twenties until I got a toy. 
of Optimus Prime. Again, still in my office. Love the guy. Um, yeah, I've got a leader class Titans one in the yeah. loft, and I've got the Super 7 one with the basketball. Nice. The shelf there. I see Just because he came with a basketball and a surfboard, and I was like, yeah. him. He doesn't transform. I don't care. Um, yeah, I've got I've got a Generation One Optimus Prime upstairs, and then I got one from the t- 2007 movie because I was and I got it from a shop in Australia. I went over and stayed with my um, my aunt in Australia uh, when that film was out. In fact, I saw it in Australia. That's where I saw that film, the the first one. Um, and we went and I visited a toy shop and they had really, they had the, the, the Optimus Prime and he was quite big yeah. as well. And I bought, I bought him. Um, so I've got him. So yeah, I Optimus Prime. Master Optimus Prime when I was, or the Target Master Optimus. No, he wasn't the Target. He had the little robot in his chest. Yeah. That's the front that's cover the... of the Return of Optimus Prime, but he wasn't like that in the cartoon. Yeah, he had the no, big cannons on his arms. Yeah. And... That's the one we had as a kid. Yeah. Um, that you could, you could have an old, like he did come out and be an yeah. Optimus Prime, but he slotted in. He had that thing that went in his chest and then he had like a head thing. Yeah. My brother still got that. Um, so See, yeah, I was... lost all my Transformers. I sold some when I got into comics because I sold them in the comic shop to buy comics, yeah. regrettably. And then when my mum divorced my stepdad, I lost whatever we had left. <sighs> in that because i think he just cleared all our stuff out and right. sold it. um or gave it to his grandkids or whatever but so there's uh so yeah optimus prime was one uh and then yeah probably like rodimus because i got rodimus prime um cup i loved cup again because i had the toy so i just loved playing like playing cup yeah, um cup was a bugger for folding his arms in under the thing yeah it was yeah um I love jazz. There was something about jazz that was really cool. Yeah. Um, I, like I think it literally was because he was the cool one. Yeah, he was cool. He was just cool. Um, I mean, there was just so many. I mean, I, I loved Jetfire because my brother had Jetfire who looked more like uh, um, something from another anime than he did the, the toy of him anyway. Looked like, um, oh, what is that? What did he look like? I, wanna, oh, I can't remember. I was never hot on anime, but he he, he didn't look like a Transformer. Um, the toy at least um, and I kind of like, I think I, yeah Cyclonus I mean there's probably more I, mean, I could go on what about you um, yeah like I say Cut was a big one for me um, again Optimus Prime is the obvious one I've always been a massive Dinobots fan but yeah. only in dinosaur form I'm not bothered about him all the ones I've got I've never had them in robot form they've yeah, always stayed yeah. in dinosaur form um, they're the most pointless transformer for me because it's like yeah I'll just have them as the dinosaur things yeah um I loved had Metroplex and Scorpinox when I yeah. was a kid. I loved yeah. the toys of those. Yeah, cartoon. I can't really remember much from them. I always thought Metroplex was Autobot City, but he he's in the he's in the um the next series was because he was yeah. in the opening credits when he jumps up and transforms and fights Scorpinox. Yeah, um, and I remember as a kid getting a cereal and you could send off and get the either the Aerobots or the Destructicons. Oh yeah. So I think I had odd ones, but never enough to actually build yeah, yeah. the full robot. Which in game, in my local game, they've got a set of the constructor cons, like a re, yeah, re-release of the Gen One ones, and it's nice. all of them in a box. And there's part of me that's really central. They've also got a Castle Grey skull for the Master Universe Origins, oh, for fifty quid, and I've, I've got like, it. It's worth it. Get it. It's brilliant. I've got it. Yeah, my it's wife's got... like, "Where's it going to live?" I was like, "In the loft till the kids leave." Hey, home, they, but... fit on, they fit on those shelves behind you. I can tell you. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, I will say in other words, I always loved um like shockwave, soundwave, 
yeah. and Devastator, but mainly Devastator from this movie because he seemed so dangerous. Oh, like, there's genuine oh, fear in them, isn't there? When yeah. Cup says Devastator. And then he when, when he when he forms up and he's like, for devastation. And you're just like, oh. We got Decepticons at the gates. Decepticons in the air. Decepticons inside the walls. Decepticons. 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 If we beat them up the walls, then they're still in the air. If we shoot them out of the air, then they're still at the gates. So it doesn't leave us nowhere. That's where. Devastator, and uh, but but yeah, Soundwave. He just sounded so cool, and he turned into a, and he kind of looked like Optimus Prime, and he could turn into a, a a Walkman, and he had the little robots in his chest, you know, Laserbeak and Ravage and Rampage, and you know, my cousin had Soundwave with the tapes. Oh, amazing! It's just amazing. I, I liked Blaster as well, but I think more because he was like yellow and red, and as a kid, it was like ooh, bright colors. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I liked all the drums. Sunstreak I liked because I got the toy of him. Because it was with some of them, it was like, I really like the toy. And then you gravitate to him in the uh, cartoon. Yeah. So I always liked Ironhide in the cartoon. I hated the toy, but I liked yeah. Ironhide in the cartoon. See, I never had the toy. So yeah, I liked, I, I liked Ironhide. Again, I didn't have him because I never wanted him because no. he didn't look like a robot. But the kid who lived up the road from us had him because he used to bring all his Transformers down to my house and we play on the front garden. Just combine all our Transformers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into a massive battle. That's what we did when I was kids as well. Um, but yeah, so they those are ones of my favourites. You know, I, I liked Megatron. He was kind of cool because it was cool to like the villains as well. It was okay because you 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 know you liked them. You didn't you know you didn't connect with them, um, but you liked them. You know, I I like. It's like with He Man. I love. I've always loved Skeletor. Because Skeletor and Megatron, in my opinion, are two of the greatest villains in in you know in cartoons because they are so inherently bad. Yeah, like, they are so obviously bad. They are bad guys. They do bad things. They say bad things. They've got no redeeming qualities whatsoever. You know where you stand with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I loved that. I just I've always loved that about them. Again, two. I never liked the toy of Megatron because he had that weird crotch thing. Oh the, yeah, no. The where the trigger from. was, but yeah, it was it was one of those things. Unfortunately, sometimes I always thought transformers would be better if you had ones that couldn't transform, <laughs> you know, as the, <laughs> as the truck and as the robot. Yeah, which yeah, defeats the it. whole appeal of the clearly defeats it. But I get what you're saying. But it gets so much more movement in him because when I look back, cause my friend 
weirdly, when he was in college and I was in sit form, I used to give him money because he used to go to car boot sales and he was always looking for Star Wars stuff. I'd give him money and be like, if you see any Transformers, just buy them for me. Mm. And he'd be like, all right, dork. <laughs> <laughs> now he's got an epic collection of, he's been rebuying a load of Gen 1 Transformers. Somebody he worked with sold him a load as well. He's got an awesome collection. I'm kind of jealous. It's weird because that was after I got my Gen 1 um, Optimus Prime, which I'll be, I got it like 20, well, no, not 20 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, actually. I can't remember. But, and I got it for a decent price. It wasn't, it's not in the best condition and it's not in box, but it's like, it's cool. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. it transforms and it's great. After I got that, I didn't really feel the need to go and get any of the others. I mean, maybe I've, at some point I'll get myself a sound wave because I was, I was say as a toy, I always thought that was a cool idea. But in terms of like Megatron, you know, like you say, the toy of it was weird. Didn't really want it. Liked him as a character, yeah. but not as a toy. Um, and like I say, I've got my Rodimus Prime in my cup, but I never really felt the need as an adult to go and look up Transformers and go, why well, you know, am I? I mean, yeah, like say some of the Super 7 ones and, you know, some of the newer ones look great and maybe I will for those. But Yeah, like, I've been buying some of the yeah. newer ones, mainly the movie ones and mainly the Autobots, yeah. although I did buy a Shark to Come because it looks very cool on the show. Again, but, a lot of it for me now as well is how do they look as toys, not just as a nostalgia thing for me. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just can't justify spending the price people are charging for those toys now when i first started looking on ebay they were like dirt cheap yeah and obviously as more people who grew up with it have got the nostalgia and it's become more acceptable yeah. for adults to own toys yeah the prices have skyrocketed because i yeah i did not i don't remember how much i paid for my optimus prime i know i got it on ebay but i don't remember breaking the bank for him yeah like i could probably sell it for a decent amount now but i don't remember breaking the bank for it no you could probably was... triple or quadruple your money by this point yeah. but if if that's what you're into, <laughs> mm. but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it definitely makes me glad that I got him now. Yeah. I mean, got him then rather than trying to get him. Yeah. But he was always the one because we never, like I say, we never had him as a kid. We always we had the we say it's the headmasters. No, tar, what was the? It was part of that headmasters target yeah. masters line, wasn't it? It was target around that time. Master. But yeah, we had that one, and it, I mean that was good enough for us as a kid. Yeah. We weren't one of these ones that was just like, we want the, the original one. We were like, oh, we've got an Optimus Prime now. That's great. Cool. Carry on. Um, but as I got older, I was like, I always wanted an original Optimus Prime. And I managed to get one. Um, like I said, I don't remember breaking the back. I don't think I did. I didn't have a lot of money, like disposable income at that point. So, but yeah, super glad I got one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it. Like I say, it's weird how you grow out of them and then want them back again. That's why I'm trying to save as many of my kids' toys as I can. So that, you know, yeah. when they're like 25, I'm like, do you remember when I had those turtles figures? I'm like, yes, I do. They're in the loft. <laughs> That's exactly what my dad did for me. See, I'm I wish. Only grateful. I mean, to be fair to my dad, he did say you're going to regret selling some of those for comics. Mm. Mainly because he thought I'd have like recycled the comics by now. But part of me does. Part of me is glad I got the comics as well, because they brought me a lot of joy at that time. Yeah. But sort of before we leave it then, obviously... The movie led into series three and four, and then there was the Japanese series that carried it on, which I don't know if you've ever tried watching it, but it's hard guy's, work. Is it the Takara series? Takara yeah, series, it, yeah. It was, yeah. I've, I've got a friend who is a um, huge Transformers fan, massive still, um, and he, every so often, will joke about that. There was one episode that we watched 
Oh, there's one that they dubbed into English that was horrible. The voices yeah. were all wrong. Yeah, it was just the worst. So, but I yeah. tried watching it in the original Japanese, and I just can't get into it. Nothing against it. It looks lovely. It's pretty mm. much more of the same. It's just in Japanese. Mm. But it's just my head can't wrap around it, unfortunately. It doesn't have that same click for me that I had with the original series, and I think that's a big thing. And then, obviously, you got Beast Wars and all that. But mm. then back on the big screen, it wasn't until the Michael Bay films which I was kind of excited when that first Michael Bay film was announced. Yeah, I was too. And I, I mean, I got more excited when they cast Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime. Um, I thought that was a great move. I was really disappointed. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me some Hugo waving, but I was disappointed that they didn't get Frank Welkner back yeah. as, as as Megatron. Um, I had a good time watching that first film. Like I said, I was in Australia and I actually went with my cousin who was only about, eight or nine at the time and he was super excited for it so that enthusiasm sort of transferred over and i think it is a relatively enjoyable movie to watch it is what it is i mean it's you know it's a michael bay movie you know there's a load of unnecessary shots of um megan fox that probably don't do anything for the film um, yeah and then when you find out how she had to audition for it by washing yeah, his car when he filmed her and it just makes it yeah, even more seedy and horrible very uncomfortable but overall i think it, it it did a job uh none of the sequels did for me <laughs> I, in fact i remember thinking that uh, revenge of the fallen was one of the worst movies i've ever seen yeah, I think everything after that was just downhill. And then, yeah. is it the first one with Mark Wahlberg where his daughter's character's yeah, going so out with an older guy and they make a whole seen. thing about the Romeo and Juliet law for why yeah, there's no. this older guy going out with an underage girl? It's like, this, no. is, this is a Transformers movie, for God's I, sake. I jumped off after Dark of the Moon. I've seen Bumblebee, loved Bumblebee. I loved Bumblebee and I um, quite liked Rise of the Beast. I took my youngest to see it because he was really excited for it. <laughs> Had yeah, a perfectly no. good time. I've not I just. Seen that first Michael Bay Transformers has got more of a Steven Spielberg print on it because obviously it was a Steven Spielberg produced mm-hmm. film. Um, and the coming of age stuff is quite nice, but I was just kind of like, this is just a film about a boy and some Transformers. And obviously he's a bit of a train wreck now, but I really like Shia LaBeouf. This is like our genera- the next generation's John Cusack. If he like plays it right, he's got that sort of feel about him. He worked really well, but then he just... He went weird. Nah, he, he did. He went weird. You know, ripped off Daniel Klaus, which is unforgivable. Uh, the way yeah, he did it. You know, with 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 hindsight, but at the time, I was kind of like, "This is an exciting new actor." There's something yeah, about him. Yeah, um, yeah, me, yeah. I don't know. I, those films just—they seem to be course correcting with Bumblebee, but sadly, by that point, the money was down. So, the opening of Bumblebee, I would say, is the best Transformers like well, live action, photo realistic uh, film ever made because yeah. it takes place in Cybertron they all look like Generation 1 and they're in a massive battle and it looks freaking grat- like and rad the the human relationship with Bumblebee is really good as well yeah, uh, yeah. Hayley Steinfeld's great and the only great. thing I didn't like is they do do that thing of just being like oh there's that character killed him yeah I can't remember is it Cliff Jumper in that they killed oh, probably but which was the other thing with those Michael Bay ones it's like you know one, I couldn't tell which robot was which when they were fighting. <laughs> Apart from Optimus Prime and Bumblebee, it's like, that could be anybody. <laughs> and then they just needlessly started killing them off. But 
But yeah, I mean, it would have been cool to see a sequel to this one. Obviously, it didn't even make it six million back at the box mm. office, so it was never going to happen. I don't think it was ever designed to have a sequel. It was designed to clear the slate for the next series. Mm. Um, I think it was the beginning of the end for the Transformers cartoon, unfortunately. So I think yeah. they, they misjudged killing off all those characters instead of just yes. repackaging the toys or redesigning them. Yeah. They, they wiped the slate clean. Because that was the other thing for me. By the time I got into Transformers, you couldn't get like an Optimus Prime anymore or an mm. Ironhide or anybody like that. So you had to have the slightly older kid who had him passed down mm. from his brother or whatever to be able to play with those. But yeah, I mean... I'd love to have seen more. I'd love to have seen something like this film done in live action, but at the same time, I don't need it because I've got this film. Exactly. That's the right answer. <laughs> the, the only thing that they could improve on with turning it into live action is giving a RC a bit more agency and maybe not making her pink. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although, not, you know, it, it is on the nose, but at the same time, it's fine. It's, it, fine. it's just it's... if she could own it. It's not like she's a weak character. She does have that whole exchange with Hot Rod where she's like, are we worried mm. you'd be trapped outside the city? Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. wasn't worried for Microsoft. Like, well, you obviously didn't understand the gravity of the situation. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yes, it's kick him in the balls. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> but, but awesome. Um, anything you want to plug or anything before we wrap it up? Uh, anything I want to plug? Uh, no, just, uh, just Ed's World. You know, Ed's World. the show I work on, Ed, you know, uh, youtube.com forward slash Ed's World or edsworld.co.uk. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I, will, it, I will put all the links in the show notes <laughs> and on the bonus features page on the website and all that stuff. So, really yeah, no, cheers for doing this. I really enjoyed this. It's no, a, me too, man. One me of my, too. One of my all-time favourites. So. <laughs> <laughs> a, a film that has been with me since I was seven. So. Yeah, it's, oh, it's been definitely. yeah, it's been with me as long as I can remember. It's just it's just there, and it always will be. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's one of those films that I can always go back to and just feel like I'm seven again. Yeah, it's like all the memories connected to it as well that it opens yep. up. It's one of those ones. It's a gatekey movie for me, like that. Mm-hmm. Just plug in the nostalgia. Font. But, <laughs> but awesome, and I'll say it on here as well. So it's definitely going to happen. I'll get you back on in a bit as well. So we'll do the mask. Yeah, to, to celebrate thirty years of the mask. Thirty years ago, it's so old. <laughs> but awesome. Cheers, man. I really Ooh, enjoyed man. this. Thank you for having me back, man. I really appreciate it. No worries at all. Take care. Take care, mate. Bye. Bye. Destiny. You cannot destroy my destiny. This mark the end of the Cybertronian Wars as we march forward to a new age of peace and happiness. Till all are one. Till all are one. The battle is over, but the galaxy-spanning adventures of the Transformers will continue, and the greatest Autobot of them all, Optimus Prime, will return. That was Transformers the Movie, and why not? I'd like to thank Andy for joining me for the episode and talk about the film. You can find all the links you need in the show notes or head over to our website at hauntednerds.com for the links and some extra bonus content like trailers, featurettes and more. 
At the time of recording, Transformers the movie is available in the UK on DVD, Blu-ray and 4K from various distributors, although I recommend the most recent Shout Factory release if you are looking for one in particular. There were no thoughts on or comments for the film when I put a shout out on our social medias to read out on this episode, but if you'd like to let us know your thoughts on the film, you can get involved in the conversation wherever you see this episode posted on our social media channels. You can give us a follow on Threads, Blue Sky and Instagram, or why not join the Am Why Not group over on Facebook. Or if you'd like to email us your thoughts on the film, you can drop us an email at hauntednerds at gmail.com. Over on our socials, not only be kept up to date about what episodes are coming up and have a chance to contribute to them, but we also post our picks of three great movies to check out each week on Freeview TV. If you fancy joining us, just search And Why Not Pod on social media or check out the links in the show notes. If you've missed any And Why Not episodes so far, you can find them on our podcast channel over on Acast, Apple Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, or on our website at hauntednerds.com. We have a few things planned for this year with some new and returning guests, including our summer and spooktober specials, our 100th episode and our 5th birthday as well, and, if it all comes together, something big planned for Christmas. But that's all for later in the year, as in the meantime we'll be back on Friday 2nd of February to kick off Time Loop Month, as All-Star Superfans Rob O'Connor joins me to discuss the 1993 Howard Ramis Bill Murray masterpiece, Groundhog Day. But until then, this has been a Nerds of Haunted Themselves production, and I've been Stuart Moraine. Thanks for listening, and remember, the greatest Autobot of them all, Optimus Prime, will return. Bye for now. I got better things to do tonight than die.